We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Defense is going to be tough. It's going to be a wasteland because you're going to want to spend on the bigger names up in your attacking spots, and you're going to get to defense, have no money, and see just a bunch of names that you barely recognize. And and I I, I rarely play a lot of these guys, so uh, we're at the range where I expect to be looking when I finish my final build. Uh. So. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Bazo. Welcome in to another episode of the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am Skylar Redpath, here tonight with Daniel Bramlett to talk Major League Soccer. Daniel, we've got a pretty uh, massive four-game MLS. Less late coming up on Saturday. It looks like the main GPPs topping uh, 500 bucks. <laughs> what do you think about that? Oh man, I, I don't think I don't think very good things about it at all. Actually, it's kind of a bad sign <laughs> whenever they give you that eight dollar shootout as your main GPP. That usually means that they really don't are not expecting much from the slate. So it's unfortunate. I, I understand it's a little bit of a niche when it comes to the DFS world. It's a niche inside of a niche, obviously. It'd be nice to see it get a little bit more love. I, I, it seems like the contest contests had been filling. Yeah, I was going to say, I was actually um, out of town for a youth 
soccer event last weekend and I wasn't able to jump into the contest like I usually do. I'm usually max centered and, and everything. So, you know, I guess uh, me being out of the contest might have driven the numbers down. I don't know what's going on <laughs> yeah, here. But possibly. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. hate to think that a handful of entries for me would be the reason that they're so low this weekend. But I don't know. I, I imagine it's just a busy time across, you know, MLS. It's got the staggered start times on this slate in particular. We've got Portland, Toronto kicking things off at uh, 3 o'clock. And then 30 minutes later, San Jose, Dallas. Um, then at 5 is Vancouver hosting Philly. And then rounding the slate off an hour after that is uh, Atlanta hosting Colorado. So, you know, there's like a three-hour gap in between start times there, which, you know, I know drives some people away from playing MLS. I, I don't know. I feel like guys like me and you and, and uh, JD and Andrew, of course, that really get into to playing MLS DFS, I kind of feel like it's a little bit of an edge, you know, if you're able to kind of keep up with the staggered starts throughout the slate. Yeah, it's definitely can provide an edge, and it, it provides kind of the compelling nuance of the game that makes it an interesting game beyond just, you know, a money chase. Like, the just if you're someone who just enjoys playing games to try to win, there, there's some really, you know, cool nuances and wrinkles and things like that that go along with the staggered start. So I, I, I usually don't have too much of a problem with it. it. It can be a problem. I totally understand why some people don't like it. But, I mean, you're playing DFS. You know, you don't have probably much else going on. It feels like MLS kind of gets crapped on in that regard. Like, I get it that the, the start times are probably staggered a little bit more than most leagues. But it's like, I mean, look at pretty much every sport. Major League Baseball is going on right now. Like, I know, you know, East Coast, West Coast, there's staggered starts across the board. Even NFL, I mean, it might not be quite as drastic, like morning, uh, early afternoon games, I guess you could say, and then late afternoon slate and then an evening game. So, I don't know, man. It feels like like MLS, if if you keep up with the league and if you really, you know, enjoy playing daily fantasy, it's really not too much of an issue for me. I guess I get it, you know, for the casuals that are just, kind of dipping their toes in and trying to play it might be a little bit much to to try to keep up with but it is where we're, where we are right now so let's I guess let's dive right in um we want to start position by position like we normally do it's always nice when the most expensive player on the slate is already confirmed out with an injury so uh Josie Outdoor not going to find its way into too many lineups I don't think but we do have a pretty big gap to the next guy Joseph Martinez at 9k who I have to imagine is in, under some consideration for you playing at home in a great matchup as the biggest favorite on the slate. Yeah, just uh, right off the bat, when I looked at this slate, then Joseph was, was the guy that jumped out at me. I mean, I feel like Atlanta probably got uh, probably left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths so far just to start the season, but this is just a prime smash spot for him to bounce back and kind of get back on track at home against Colorado, who let up. I believe the most goals in MLS. I think they've let in 20 goals, um, which is the most of any team so far. Um, they're just they're leaking goals at the back, and uh, Atlanta has struggled. We know the kind of firepower, and uh, both are both worth trying to find room for here. It's just a, it's kind of a, a an ugly slate at board, and I just I feel like those are the the two options that you got to try to find room for because I feel like there's going to be goals for Atlanta this week so say that again I think you were dropping out you said you you uh, kind of cut out for a second and then you came back and said so play both those guys I don't think we got who the second guy was you talking about Alba 
Yeah, I think Vialba is kind of a sneaky good play. I mean, I think uh, if it's between the two, then you find a 700 to pay up for Martinez. But I feel like Vialba, um, we're playing. You want to have exposure to the attack playing the you know the leakiest defense in MLS. So I think Vialba's in play on a relatively short slate where forwards not a ton of enticing options. Yeah, I mean we might get a a real nice cheap cheap uh, deep discount for somebody filling in for Josie. I think that's kind of the hope that we might see in that first game, like a Terrence Boyd or something like that. Uh, pop in the starting 11, but I'm not going to bank on that. Uh, I, I don't know if I'll play Vialba, but Joseph's almost a lock. He, he's finally he's finally higher priced than Vialba again, which for, for a couple of weeks there he was down lower, which was really weird to see. You, you're still getting a pretty decent discount on him for this kind of a matchup at 9K. He, he had a decent game last week and kind of got to bail out PK in extra time. Or stoppage time, yeah. I should say, but uh, he, yeah, he might give him a little momentum. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that can kind of get you get you going. He's at home. He's against Colorado. I don't I don't think you overthink it. I think you just put Joseph in at nine K and, and move on. Uh, Jam him in. Yeah, Vialba is going to be a little bit more of a question, and I, I think there's some other forwards that you can consider. Uh, the San Jose yeah. is looking a lot better. You know, you could consider Erickson or Hosen down there both both you know 7600 and 6900 can uh, respectively yeah i think if you're talking cash erickson's definitely uh worth considerations he's on some sets for san jose super active last night he came out um keep in mind we're, re- we're recording this on a thursday night there were there was a pretty big midweek slate wednesday night in mls and uh san jose actually went to seattle Tied 2-2, Erickson was a big part of that. He came off late, looked pretty winded. So, you know, I guess just keep that in mind. If you're building a cash uh, cash game lineup with him included, um, be ready to, to potentially pivot if if he might not be in that first lineup. Or I guess they're the second game, so he might not be in the second lineup of the slate. But um, I will say, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the matchup, you know, going to Dallas, but what's gone into San Jose, they've – they're playing absolutely out of their minds. They're not. Uh, they're unrecognizable from the team that started the season. Right. I know if JD was on the pod, he'd uh, he'd definitely have something to say about the the host and for Wando swap being the main yeah. difference. And, uh, yeah. I think well, I, I'll say it for him. Then, you know, the host and for Wando swap seems like it might be one of the main differences. <laughs> it's definitely helped, and uh, they've made some other changes along the way. Uh, Jackson Ewell has uh, been you know he's been great in the midfield for him. Uh, Shea Salinas uh, getting pushed forward higher up the field on the wing. He's scored some goals lately. I don't think that's going to be sustainable. Uh, but yeah, they've just they've made a few tweaks that have paid dividends, and I think teams are still trying to figure out how to defend against them. But their attack suddenly, uh, you know, it's, it's woken up and um, good to see for fantasy because coming into the season, I think we were all excited about what Almeida was going to do with the attack, and mm-hmm. I think we're finally starting to see it. So. Um, I will say, I guess one other guy from that same game that could, could, uh, warrant some cash game consideration is, uh, Michael Barrios. Mm-hmm. And I think you actually called him out last week, just saying how he's really starting to kind of start to put together some nice game logs. And he really is, uh, last game he had two assists, five crosses. Um, he did have, you know, a handful of fouls committed and picked up a yellow card, but he still finished with 14 points. Yeah. Um, he's hit double 
double digits four out of his last five games. And he's taken some set pieces for Dallas too. So um, I think when you look at this forward pool, there might be, I don't know, maybe three, three, four guys tops that um, some set piece duties for the team. And um, Barrios is one of them. So playing at home in a good matchup against the San Jose team that could that midweek game at Seattle. And um, I could see Dallas coming away with a result and Barrios being involved. So, it feels like Martinez and Barrios are like the top plays, so I feel like they're they're priced accordingly here. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's going to come down to kind of how the lineup build plays out and if you can fit them in. Because I know there's a high priced midfielder that is pretty much a lock that you should be that should be the first guy in your lineup this week. Yeah, and and he he kind of is, is obvious we can get to uh Pozuelo in a second, obviously, but uh, just looking at a couple of these other guys, if you are going to go with a, you know, a little bit more of a, a cheaper second forward construction, if you didn't want to pay up to Barrios, what, where do you stand on a couple guys? I'm thinking Mesquita is some we've mentioned a lot. Would you pay down all the way to, Vaco, if he's in, uh, Lass is a discount forward if he starts. Any other discount guys that you would fit into sort of a Joseph and a cheap guy build? Yeah, I think Mesquita is interesting. Um, Jack Price is suspended this game, so if Mesquita's in, then he could have a uh, majority of set pieces for Colorado. So 5,800 on the road at Atlanta. Like, I don't love the matchup, but if he's going to have uh, an uptick in set piece usage, then I don't mind that price. Like his price has dropped down pretty good from last week. He was, yeah, it looks like he was 7,200 last week. Didn't yeah. have a good showing at all. He only, only ended up with like three points, but I want to say I watched some of that game and it looked like Kai's goal. I want to say came from a mosquito corner kick. And I'm not sure if it took a deflection or something. He didn't get uh, credit for it. But when I was watching the game, I I felt like a mosquito should have at least had an assist from that. So we we got to tweet Opta Joe, uh, Opta Joe slipping, you know. Right. <laughs> Take that for what it's worth. That could have been. Yeah, I don't hate mosquito. I, I I I could see him getting you know six seven points for you here in this matchup of fifty eight hundred. It's pretty nice, especially yeah, with no, no Jack Price. Especially with, uh, right with Price being out. Um, so he's a guy, I think for cash consideration, um, if you need a little bit of salary relief, I might look to him. Um, and then just on down the board here, I'm not really Dylan Cerna's playing time has been, um, I mean, I think he's pretty much just been relegated to a sub recently, so mm-hmm. he's not really on my radar. Baco is interesting cause he could, uh, San Jose rotate, um, 4,900. I mean, he could get a start here at Dallas again we don't yeah, love the matchup like, but if he was right. starting in, in place of Magnus then uh, that's a lock it in for sure yeah for the price and I love that he's a guy that could easily hit double digits if, uh, if given starter minutes so then you mentioned let's see, you mentioned possibly having uh, Terrence Boyd replace Josie um, I'm not sure if Toronto is going to go there he, he seems like he just I don't know. Feels like they might go with a, another setup up, up top. Um, you said Jordan Hamilton too. I think he's definitely. Yeah, I'd more expect to see Hamilton for sure. 
yeah, he's probably going to be the guy, and he just, I don't know. I mean, he scored two goals in 17 minutes last game, but 8,200 just feels a little bit, a little bit much to pay up for him. Um, yeah, I mean, they're yeah. at home in in a uh, against a team that uh, you keep wanting. Like, is Portland a good team? But how much, how long, much longer do they get credit for what they did last year as compared to just the horrible showing they've had this season? Right. They actually had a pretty good. They kind of broke out last week. Had a three-one win at Columbus. So kind of might be a sign of just them trying to round the corner. Um, but I still like Toronto here. I still think. They're probably the team to target of the two. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Jordan Hamilton and a, a GPP build, um, but definitely not going sure. there in cash. Um, sure. And keep an, guy, keep an eye out for the, the cheap Vancouver guys. Like I said, Lass Bangora is not bad. He's not in a great matchup at home versus Philly, but he is at home. And if, if they did start him, Ardaiaz for 3,900, it's tough to – to move like to, it's tough to have multiple GPP builds and not have a 3,900 starting forward. And if he was able to get a start, so yeah, that's a good shout. I think, uh, feels like Freddie Montero is the guy that you know is supposed to be their, their go to up top. And he's 6,100. He's just been so bad this season, it's, it's yeah. really hard to trust, uh, you know, just rostering him in you know, anything other than just maybe a, a you know, just off-the-wall GPP build. Um, he happens to fit in at that 6,100 spot. Like, I don't mind it if he starts, but definitely not somebody that's, uh, to get too excited about until he until he uh, supposedly gets going like Vancouver brought him in to do. Yeah, Arday has uh, uh, replaced Montero in, like, the 80th minute last week, and I don't know. It is I, I Montero has not been getting it done, so it may be time for a, a a change up from the from the get go there up top for Vancouver, but yeah, yeah. We'll if our eyes get the start min price, um, that's definitely worthy of a play. Even though his you know his one start earlier in the season he had two points, but for min price, I think that's a guy that you just you can just throw a dart with and say, hey, if he gets me another two spot, like you're not going to get killed too bad with that thirty nine hundred. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a GPP stab still, but, but you know, if you're doing multiple lineups, go for it. Uh, okay, so let's move on to midfield, and obviously, you're you're putting Buzuelo in even at ten thousand, just what he's shown himself capable of. Uh, you're you're expecting to get twenty points from that, and just and moving on, obviously, right? Yeah, it's just been so good. I mean, I thought uh, uh, I don't think. After Javinko, there was anybody that could could get me that that excited about just rostering somebody in fantasy, and this guy's just proven game in and game out, just video game numbers. Like it's, I mean, it's like Javinko that we saw when he first came to the league, and that's you know it's, makes for a fun fantasy, fun DFS experience, um, and it almost feels like he's still too cheap, like ten thousand. I know he's probably the most expensive player on the slate, and maybe it's just. Uh, uh, because of the the way the slate breaks down, but um, you, know, you know we're talking about spending like what twelve grand almost on Nico Ladero last night, and um, yeah. I don't know. It feels like ten thousand for Pozuelo is almost uh, is one of the easiest plays on the board for me, even though he's the highest priced player on the board. 
yeah, highest I, price I, available player, I should say. I think how how expensive would he have to be before you'd consider a fade? I mean, maybe twelve five. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. Like I think we've yeah, I think we've seen Juvinko put like the thirteen to fourteen thousand range when he was at his prime and I was mm-hmm. I think I was you know, it's pretty much just like you lock him in and just whatever happens, happens kind of thing. Because you know that you don't want to be left without that 40, 50 point outburst that's going to just completely kill your lineup and have to shut the laptop down for the night early. Right, so, right. Go mow the lawn at, you know. uh, at 7 p.m. at <laughs> night, you know. That, that <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm always the guy, yep. you know. I'm, I always want to be the one who's sort of like ahead of the, of the, uh, of the curve when a, a, a good streak is ending you know that's kind of like my own leak or bias that i sort of build into things uh that i try to be aware of and make sure i'm not leaning too hard into so i'm looking at pozuelo i'm like he, he can't do it again right but at the same time even if he falls short of what he's been doing he can still make value for you at 10k no problem so i think you have to go ahead and just play him yeah i mean and you got to think too josie out this game like he's He's got to shoulder a little bit more of that attacking load. Um, not that, you know, I don't think that's going to make too much of a difference. And it may even just let uh, Portland hone in a little bit more on Pozuelo instead of trying to shut down Josie. But I just, it, it feels like there's just too many opportunities um, for him to produce. So uh, lock him in for me. Yeah, the good news is. I think there's a couple guys here in the midfield that we can comfortably look at who I think. Are a little overpriced or underpriced, excuse me. Um, as we get down, and I, I finally think I'm finally off my boy Aronson this week, even though I've been playing him faithfully week in and week out ever since he had his first start and got that goal. It, you know, hasn't always worked out, but he's been okay this season. I think this week might finally be the week I, I jump off him. Um, is there any? I have a tendency of doing this every time we podcast together, but I skip over big chunks of guys, and then you want to go back. So before I skip over uh, the the dudes, you know, from Espinosa down, do you want to talk about any of those guys, the midfield eligible? Espinosa, Valeri, Barco. Yeah, Espinosa is another one that just. I mean, he looked really, really good at Seattle, but he's another one that kind of concerns me, just that he might. He's been logging so many minutes lately. He could be a potential roster rotation risk. So not a guy. I also think his cross numbers have come down like every game for the last four games in a row or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of it feels like that was in line with the shift that they made um, with their with their lineup. Um, It feels like you know once they started tinkering with the the lineup and. shaking things up then all of a sudden his crossing numbers weren't like, he wasn't right it's like, he wasn't hitting like double digit crosses um, it's like almeida we appreciate that you've gotten san jose into the form where they can win a few games but you're killing us on uh, on dfs <laughs> you know yeah maybe uh maybe it's i don't know maybe it had something to do with just trying to feed feed balls into wando in the box and let him let him get the record i don't know what the deal was but uh, maybe if Wando happens to start and Espinosa's there, then maybe we start seeing the crosses pick back up. I don't know if it will ever truly be fully explained what happened at the start of the season with Wando and trying to force feed him that record, but uh, I'm glad they got away from it fairly quickly. Yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll have his opportunities um, on down the road, but um, definitely off the radar as, as long as he's coming off the bench. Even if he starts um, at 
even for me, it's just not a play. Um, so now you asked about any midfielders. Yeah, how about that... a, how about uh, how about an Atlanta midfield play? Barco, Gressel, Pitti. Uh, do you go there to match somebody up with Joseph and try to get the goal assist combo? Yeah, I think. I mean, just on the slate in general, then I'm I'm going to be stacking Atlanta. Um, Barco has been really good the past couple of games, so. Um, I don't have any hesitation rostering Barco as much as uh, as much as our guy Andrew over there is. Uh, yeah, about yeah. to never roster him again. Um, this is a safe space. Yeah. This today, tonight's episode is a safe space for Barco players for sure. That's right, and he's yeah. I mean, he's he's showing flashes, and um, seventy four hundred doesn't feel excessive. So, no problem locking him in. I mean, if well, he can, let me ask you this, Julian Gresslin. Yeah. If you built a lineup with Barco in it and say, you know, it's scoring pretty well, you're right there on pace, you know, with Joseph Hammer coming on the late night, and they start Pitti alongside with Barco in the same lineup, do you drop down for 400 less? Oh, it's a tough call because um, Pitti did come off the bench, and I think he had like eight crosses in 25 minutes. Right, you know? right. that's, yeah, that's um, like, like you obviously, gotta, if Pity's in and Barco's out, you just go to Pity. You know, it's not even a question. But if they're both in together, I guess is where it gets a little interesting. Yeah, I mean, it feels like Barco might be safer for minutes. Um, maybe with Pity kind of still uh, coming off that hamstring injury, that he might be more likely to come off at the sixty-minute mark. But even even at that against Colorado in sixty minutes. Again, it feels like a smash spot for Atlanta here at home. Like, feel good spot for the like get the fans back on board. Mm-hmm. I could see Atlanta hanging like five goals on them here. So, um, I want as much exposure as I can have to this to Atlanta in this game. And if Pity starts alongside Barco, I mean, I don't know. I'm still probably going Barco there, but it's close. And Gressel's right there in the mix too. And they're all priced within like four hundred bucks of each other. So right. Um, it's a tough call. I mean, I'd say if I had to rank them, then I'd say Barco, Pity, and, and then Gressel. But again, it's really, really close. Um, yeah, Gressel like hasn't all. quite delivered. I, I know we kind of raved about Gressel a little bit last week, and he, you know, he hasn't quite. But then I, I looked a little closer. He hasn't really been delivering. He was such a great uh, provider of assists last year, whether it was hot, you know, secondary assists or main assists. He was always right. getting assists last year, and those have not been coming this this season. Yeah, and that's probably just kind of in line with Atlanta's struggles. Uh, I mean, they haven't been scoring goals, and obviously, then he's he's not going to be able to get assists if they're not scoring. But you look at his just his uh, body of work, and he's still hitting double digits game in and game out without the goals or assists. So, you know, it kind of speaks for itself. Just uh, being able to get you that point production just through shots and crosses. Uh, sprinkle of other stats here and there too, some peripherals, but um, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I like uh, I like Pity and Barco a little bit more, just just I guess based on their role in the attack and Gressel supposedly being kind of out there on the wing, but um, he's I mean he's still a guy that you can probably count on for getting at least ten to fifteen points in this game. Yeah, I, I obviously. I'm going to be considering the double, you know, the Atlanta mini stack or the second Atlanta play to go with Joseph. Uh, but I do have to say that my eyes are drawn a little bit 
more to some of the guys that are right there under that range. If you look, starting with Inbaum, Wong Inbaum for 6,900 looks pretty nice to me at home against Philadelphia. You've got Aronson there as well if Fabian is still out, and then Pomacall right below him, who I think I actually leaned, would lean towards Pomacall over Aronson this week just for being at home and having a slightly better matchup and what he's been producing more lately as well. So uh, where, where do you feel on those three guys? Where do you rank them, and how do they stack up to the Atlanta guys just above them in salary? Yeah, I'd say Embiom uh, is first. Uh, I think he's priced accordingly. Um, I think he actually looks pretty nice at that price tag. Um, and then I'd say Pomacall and then Aronson after that. Aronson just, he's falling down a little bit for me. I mean, he's definitely somebody to get excited for. He's a kid, you know, he's still a kid. So he's still got a long, uh, long career ahead of him. But on the road at Vancouver, who, you know, Vancouver shut LAFC out in their last home game. Like, not saying they're a team to completely avoid for fantasy purposes, but, um, I like uh, I like Pomacol at home against San Jose a little bit more, and I definitely like Embom at home with uh, some of the set piece mm-hmm. uh, duties for Vancouver. So, kind of where I am with those guys. Yeah, I see myself. I'm kind of looking at a core of of Joseph, Pozuelo, Embom, and Pomacol, and then you know just find a cheap four, uh, find a punt defender, find a, a decent defender, and then stick a goalie in there. It's Kind of the way I'm leaning here, but is there anyone? Wait, so you're gonna go with the um, go with those other guys over Arco and, and Gressel and, and City potentially. If you want to get Pozuelo, if you want to get Pozuelo and Joseph, and if you get the second Atlanta piece, you pretty much have to punt. It you know in your utility spots, uh, or you know go drop down below the five thousand range. So. I, I like the build a little bit better with the two with the sixty nine hundred and sixty four hundred rather than going up to seventy three and kind of limiting my options a little bit more there, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I may lose all faith. Kinds of I may time. lose faith in 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 the youngsters before uh, before we get there. But I I also don't have a ton. I mean, I don't have a ton of faith in Atlanta. You know, I I almost feel like you can you can get if the, if Atlanta's going to score three goals, you know, Joseph's going to be involved in like two two of them. So. Right. I feel like yeah. it's it's not the most concentrated production, but it's but it's it's a fairly concentrated production with them. So we'll you know we'll see. Yeah, I mean it's for me it's not it's not so much um, you know the faith in Atlanta is just the lack of faith in the Rapids, mm-hmm. um, and it just feels like this is the spot for Atlanta here. But I guess we should point out though that this is the late game on the slate. So if you are counting on, you know, counting on some Atlanta production, um, then yeah, maybe just keep that in mind. I mean, if you're looking at rostering Pity or Barco or Gressel, then uh, you know the good thing is that they're all within 400 bucks of each other. So, um, right. I don't, I don't think that Barco won't get the start here. But you know, if you're start, if you're planning on starting Gressel and, um. He happens to not start or something. Just I guess just leave yourself that extra couple of hundred bucks just in case something crazy happens. Before we uh, drop down to the cheapies, I, I do want to just hit one guy that we skipped over. Who it's just so sad to see his his decline as as a fantasy as a DFS god of MLS. You know it's Diego Valeri at seventy nine hundred. 
you know, like he, I, he's just not even consideration for me on this league, which is crazy because I, I used to be that you would almost never consider fading him on any Portland Timber slate. So, yeah, he's an interesting one too. I mean, I guess that kind of feeds right into a guy that I think we pretty much skipped over in the forwards, which is Sebastian Blanco. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's another guy that just with, as bad as Portland's been this year, then um, we haven't been able to really rely on him too much. Right. They um, still have pretty decent, like, fancy points per game because they both had the the monster games against Colorado earlier in the year. And they've, they've been decently productive, but just it's tough to count on them. They're not not the guys they used to be. Yeah, I th- excuse me. I think a lot of it um, with those two is just that they kind of cannibalize each other's production. Um, you know, it's I think it's mostly Valerian corners, but Blanco steps in here and there, takes a free kick from time to time. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, it's it's it feels like uh, a road game that I would try to avoid usually on the road at Toronto, but Toronto's not been like lights out in the back either, so. I don't know. I could see either one of those guys pop up with a with a big game, and they're going to go low owned here. So, um, if you want to go that route, then I'm not I'm not 100 percent opposed to it. Yeah, I think you could almost stack one or two of those guys with Pozuelo if you if you just were hoping that game popped off and got fireworks both ways and have a little bit of a GPP build there. Uh, what about going cheaper down? You know, if you go. If you go under 6K, you might as well just drop straight down into 5K. We kind of already mentioned and kissed off Cerna. We talked about Vaco in the forwards, but what about some midfield guys down low? Is there anyone you're looking at? Yeah, I'm paying in the midfield pool right now. I mean, there's guys that you could just kind of throw a dart with. Um, you know, I guess talking about um, if Fabian's still out for Philadelphia, uh, Medunian and hit eight points last game. I think he had an assist. I mean, he's a guy that I'm not really, never really, really get too excited about playing. No, um, I'd probably play him over Aronson here, though, just for the discount and the idea of maybe a few extra tackles as a road dog. Yeah. Yeah, we mentioned Vaco. He's forward midfield eligible, too, in case you, you do want to use up your two midfield or your, your two forward spots. Um, Arangis from Dallas, he's a guy that, uh, looks like his past couple of games have been decent production for the the price, 4,700. Um, he had eight points last game, six the game before that. And so it's about the range that I'd probably expect from him this game, which, you know, I could probably get by with that for that for that price. Uh, so I don't I don't mind uh, Arangis at that price. You know, let's see on down the board here. Not going back to uh, the Michael Bradley well, which is no. uh, is no. uh, I shouted out uh, last week. I shouted out uh, Richie Larea for Toronto because I was like, I was like, hey, this guy was pretty exciting out on the wing. If he gets a start, keep him in mind. He actually did get the start, but he instead of playing as a winger, he was in the back three. He was like a center back in a back three, so he didn't. Uh, he wasn't near as uh, the same kind of play that he was, unfortunately. So. My bad on yeah, that one. Had me some, <laughs> it happens. It's kind of like the Jack Price play that we were, you know, all excited about rolling him out again. Then he shows up with a red card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's the less said about that, the better. <laughs> after I, you guys finally talked me into coming on board. So yeah. Um, 
I actually had some Alejandro Bedoya exposure last week, and it paid off. Albeit, yeah, he scored. Um, that was his, yeah, it was his, his pretty pretty much his only fantasy production. So that was uh, I definitely lucked out with that. But um, he's you know he's put together a few good games in a row here, and so anybody that looks at his game log and sees him at 3,700, he's reeled off 13, 9, and 14 the last three games. So, I mean, I think that, you know, he probably could be more owned than he probably should be. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's not like the masses are going to be flocking to him, but I could see people playing him, and I just I'm – not, I'm not going back there. I think I played him last week because I like Philadelphia's champs at home. And I thought that he could have a, you know, he had a decent shot at being involved if they scored, and he did. But uh, I don't love the play this week uh, near as much as I liked it last week. Yeah, I'd say that's our trap alert for for this episode of the pod, if if, if such a thing exists, for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't want to skip anyone else, but do you want to move on to defender? It seems like we're kind of down the dregs here. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, See uh, Lucas Minuto, you shouted out, um, you shouted out uh, Ardais as being like a super cheap option in the Vancouver attack, but Minuto's right there with him. I'd say thirty-three hundred. Yeah, um, he was I think good. He actually game. did start that. Yeah, started that LAFC game. Um, I don't think he saw any minutes in their second game though. So, you know, you can't count on him. You can't really build around him. And he's in the second to last game, so that's you know it's definitely taking a risk if you're trying to use him as kind of your cheap guy to fit in some of the heavy artillery. But I don't know. I mean, if he happens to start, then I, I like that play a lot at 3,300. Yeah, he impressed me. He 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 definitely impressed me. Just a, a, as far as like the eye test, and you know, as being as far as just being a soccer player, I, I enjoyed watching him play, and he he racked up some points so. I could see it. I could see it happening. I, I still see myself as kind of going a little bit more down the middle with this build, but we'll see. It's it's not nothing set in stone. The good news, uh, another another Atlanta play that you may want to end up considering. I don't know if he'll get the start, but he did return to training this week. Uh, is uh, defensive player? He's the most expensive defender on the slate. It's George Bellow. Uh, I know he's he's back in practice and he's got to be at least a candidate to play if if nothing else, right? Yeah, yeah. If he uh, if he's able to pit Breck Shea for for that starting spot on the left wing, um, and Shea's uh, you know Shea's a guy that I've I'm not completely opposed to playing either, just with his, the way that he lines up in the Atlanta lineup, and um, I think I still think that he'll probably get the the start. And for 4,800, uh, um, you know, he had seven points last game, two shots, five crosses. And again, just um, based off just the way that I feel about this matchup in general, like if I want as much exposure to the Atlanta attack, then Breck Shea might be one of the cheapest uh, cheapest pieces that we can get. So um, be interested to see who starts there. But yeah, if Bello starts um, 5,800, like, I don't know, it feels a little bit too much to pay, but uh, yeah. like I just said, like that could be, the, that could be the cheapest inlet to, to some Atlanta attacking exposure because you know he's going to get up and down the wing just like Shea does. It would suck if you had Breck Shea locked in there and then 
it turned out Bella with the start, and then you'd be like, <laughs> and didn't, you didn't have any money left over, you know, in the last game of the night. Yeah, to make that upgrade. Show. So, but no, it's interesting. It's I, I, worth, uh... I, if if I'm a listener of this podcast, I'm going to trust your word over my my word. If that makes sense, you you have a little bit better uh, track record of predicting guys you're going to start. I'm just I'm just a gifted amateur at this point still, so I'm, I'm learning from the master. So <laughs> uh, there are a couple uh, other guys oh. you know in this in that that might be worth paying up there though, like. Uh, even with Toronto struggles, I think Marrera has been pretty awesome, pretty kind of a revelation, revolutionary player. Jorge Marrera racking up a lot of points. Shea Salinas, we mentioned him. He's just on fire, four goals in the last four games. And then Ali Adnan's been really an awesome addition to the league as well, and he, he's really balling out and playing really well. I think he has to be in consideration uh, as far as a pay-up option if, if you got the salary. Yeah, I agree with with all of that. I feel like Marrera, he's been uh, amazing. I just I hate to see that price jump up so drastically over the last like three or four games. I think we were pretty much getting him at min price, and he was uh, flirting with double digits. And yeah, he just crushed it the past two weeks. He had a goal and seventeen seventeen and a half points last yeah. game. Game before yeah. that, no goals or assists. He had twelve crosses. Um, even with five five fouls committed, he had 15 points. So, um, and of course, he was 38. Yeah, he's 3,800 two games ago. And now he's all the way up at 5,500. And so, you know, I would say like on the road at Toronto is a little bit of a uh, reason to hesitate. Yeah, Marrera, it feels like a but you look at yeah, yeah, but you look at the the games that he's produced, and I, I guess it's the way with, with all of his games, because uh, Portland have been on the road to start the season while they're waiting to, for their uh, new stadium to uh, be finished, or whatever, their new their, their renovations to be finished. Um, they've been playing all their games on the road, so, you know, he's been doing all of this on the road as it is, so it's like, should we, should we really hesitate to play him again on the road? Like, I don't know, I'd be fine with it, I just, I don't love paying that 5500 like, elite defender price tag but he's he's kind of been proving us that he's gonna pull in the points regardless so um that's chase salinas um i don't know it feels like he's been too goal dependent lately to really get too excited about like i said earlier i just don't see that being sustainable (laughs) i mean he's had four goals in the last four games and uh, just you know he's a guy that i used to like to play because of his crossing upside but he's only had Mm -hmm a single cross in each of his last three games. So um, I feel like that crossing upside has disappeared a little bit. And I'm just, I'm not playing him for a goal at Dallas. So he's probably off the board for me. And yeah, I like Ali Adnan is probably my favorite uh, defender in that, in that price range, 5,300. He just, he racks up stats across the board. So, yeah, and who knows if, yeah, who knows if they get another penalty kick, if they'll give him a shot at redeeming himself after uh, arguably one of the worst PKs in MLS history. He can um, he can get a share of the corners from Mbom. They tend to split, so. Yep, yep, and that's what I like about him. So the PK, like yeah, the just reminded me of that. That was probably the, the, a low a low <laughs> moment of the history of the league, um, um, potentially. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of embarrassed to have him on my fantasy team that night. Any, anytime the keeper can dive the wrong way, but then have time to dive back and still save your penalty, right. that's, that's pretty bad. Oh, man, that's rough. Yeah. And that, that was like the first, 
the first uh, minute of the game. I was so tilted. The rest of the the rest of the night, that just set the tone. Yeah. Um, because I had them a hundred percent in all my lineups, every format, and uh, uh, yeah, that could have gone a long way if he converted. Yeah, those his um, PKs, the twenty point uh, swing, is just so brutal. Yep. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm struggling. I, I still, uh, um, the we 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 talked a little bit about Marrera and his you know, potential to be a little bit of a trap on the road with the salary increase and everything. The the guys on the other side of the matchup, the home fullbacks are actually cheaper if you look at uh, Morrow and DeLeon, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, I feel like both those guys are in play here. Um, Morrow, I think, was the... Um, still kind of playing closer to goal, he's still they're going to have to get production elsewhere, so I think Morrow and De Leon are fine plays here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the the reality of it is that I probably will be struggling to pay up at Defender, so I'm looking at these guys, I like everything we're saying, but I also, it could be sort of uh, empty chatter, because I may not have the ability to pay for uh, Five, even one 5K defender, much less two, depending on where I end up at second forward. I'm kind of looking down lower, and, uh, you know, I'm struggling here. The the Dallas fullbacks, you know, have were a little bit disappointing last week, even though they've been pretty good all season. PC, if he gets was to get another start at 4,500, he was really active, you know, very advanced, very attacking last game, the last uh, game yeah. that he started. So. Yeah, Pretty much started uh, up top in like a four-three-three setup um, when he did start, and he was, you know, he was getting off shots and um, sending some crosses in. So just, you know, what you want to see out of a, a defender that's playing higher, closer to goal. So yeah, definitely somebody to keep an eye out for when lineups drop and kind of see if he does start, if he's still starting, you know, higher up the field in the lineup. So he's a guy that I think is worth monitoring for sure. Yeah, I'm really. I guess uh, we should say he's uh, Victor Je- Victor Yero on. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in case anybody's looking for a PC. Hey, if you don't know he's PC, I mean, come on. How long <laughs> have you been playing this game? PC, PC is actually VG. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the Virgen de Guadalupe. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really. You know, do we go back? Is it is it finally time to go back to the Marco Lopez, Marcos Lopez? Well, he's finally back down to four K. Yeah, he hasn't been starting though. If he started, that's right. He got he replaced was, by Salinas, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and well, even um, they've been they've been kind of tinkering with some other guys on the on the back uh, right and left. I think Nick Lima's back in the mix. I think Judson actually played. That's right. Judson right did start last game. game. Yeah. So, um, but, but I, don't I, know, I guess it's not it's not the Marcos Lopez revenge week thing. <laughs> if he starts and he's he's worth consideration. I mean, he's a guy that could pop up with a handful of crosses, and you know we've seen some big games out of him earlier in the season. Of course, that was back when he was like mint price, and mm-hmm. yeah, we were rostering him and Espinosa every game because they're both mint price and right. getting like hundreds of crosses each game. But uh, those were the days, man. Gotta, amazing. Yeah. Gotta. <laughs> we gotta um, work with what we've got now. So, do you know who uh, who's going to be coming in for Philadelphia to, in place of Kai Wagner for suspension? 
So I wouldn't be surprised if Mbizo got the start. He's 2,900. He, he was available on their bench last game, and I know he got some um, he got some playing time in preseason at right back. So um, if it's like a, a straight swap, like right back for right back, then I could see Mbizo getting the nod. And I don't know. I mean, mid-price uh, wing back, like, I don't know. I mean, he might be a he might be some salary relief on this slate, even if he's not somebody we can count on for like double digits. But I think he could probably pay off his salary pretty uh pretty easily. Yeah, with the other, it, you know, the sad news is you have to wait through two full games. You know, there's no chance you'll get that Philadelphia lineup before the first the other two games kick off, or at least lock. So it's a little bit of a risk. But yeah, if it, if I see him buys a win, I'll be I'll be locking him in. Just I'll, I'll I might like restructure both my defender goalkeeper stack. You know, if I see Mbizo in, so I might leave myself the option to do that by setting my lineup with you know since I'm going to be punting a defense anyway, I might make sure my punts are kind of some of the later guys that I could switch to Mbizo if he became available for sure. Yeah, I mean I don't think it's too far fetched. If you want to. Um... You know, if you want to plug him in and just build, just with him, kind of um, in that def- in that second defender slot, and then you know that definitely free up a lot of funds to spend elsewhere. So I don't think it's too far fetched. I think that he gets a start with uh, with Wagner definitely out since he's suspended. Yeah, I think defense is going to be tough. It's going to be a wasteland because you're going to want to spend on the bigger names up in your attacking spots, and you're going to get to defense have no money. And see just a bunch of names that you barely recognize, and and I I, I rarely play a lot of these guys, so uh, we're at the range where I expect to be looking when I finish my final build. Yeah. So a little bit uh, yeah. not excited about that, but I, hopefully I find a diamond in the rough. Right, right. That's the fun of um, a four game main slate for us. So yeah. it could be center. Uh, it could again, be double working. center back week. It could definitely be a double center back week, and just hope hope to get a goal. So. Little Rito Ziggler PK action. Yeah, yeah. Love Rito. 4K, though. 4, I mean, it's not, not cheap, cool. but yeah. Yeah. Two shots on goal at Atlanta. Two shots the game before that. Like, the guy just, he's going to get some looks, so. Right. You know, if you, you think maybe you get a clean sheet. Yeah, if, you, if you're drawn to a clean sheet, you could get five, six, seven points easy, so. Plus the PK chances. Yep. PK, take some free kicks, so. You know, if if you could ever get excited about a center back, then I think Ziggler is the one that you could. Oh, I know you get excited anytime you get to play Kendall Watson, though. Come on. Oh man, yeah, I love I love me some Kendall Watson. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, man. Well, uh, what 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 else are we missing? What are, anything else we need to go to on this You don't want to talk about how uh, how good of a play Timmy Howard is at Atlanta for thirty seven hundred. No. Never ever uh, Howard versus Guzon. I, I think the whole uh, goalkeeper space time continuum could collapse, <laughs> you know, on itself for sure. But yeah, this is uh, kind of a I don't know. This is an interesting spot. Timmy Howard has had um, minus. Well, he can, he's had minus ten points the last two, uh, or combined minus ten points the last two games. So. <laughs> Um, he has let in three or more goals and four straight. He's conceded four goals and three of the last four. So if you're wondering why I'm so excited about rostering Atlanta guys. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Now you're talking me into that second Atlanta piece for sure. So 
Uh, I'll probably end up with the Vancouver keeper, either McMath or Cripo, whoever it turns out to be, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, I don't know, I don't feel like we're going to have the funds for Guzan. I definitely feel like he's got a win bonus coming, but they've just been so bad in the back. Like, I wouldn't, he's not a goalkeeper. I'd be excited about, like, locking in a clean sheet bonus and a win bonus. Like, I think you can find some middle ground here. Yeah. Um, I think Bono yeah. obviously would be worth paying for because you're not going to be having any Portland attackers in cash. But I think I'll right. end up going a little bit cheaper down to McMath because I also don't think I'll have any Philadelphia attackers in cash. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's it's tricky. Like, I like uh, I like Jesse Gonzalez. Um, I know we, we were hyping up San Jose's kind of new look attack, but feels like they let, left a lot on the field there in Seattle. Um, quick turnaround. Um, pretty tough, tough road matchup at Dallas. Like, Jesse Gonzalez has been good lately. So, um, I might actually, you know, if I'm paying up, then I might actually like him a little bit more than Guzan. Yeah, I, I, do, I agree. I, I As bad as Colorado is, I, I never want to play Guzan. It's it's a never Guzan thing for me, for sure. Like <laughs> Especially because I may end up playing Mesquita, so just in case, you know, hoping Mesquita can find his way into some score points there and get involved in a goal. So we'll see. Right, Steve Clark, I'd say, or not Steve Clark, I guess uh, Atanella for Portland is interesting. Thirty-nine hundred. Uh, Toronto's without Josie, and you know, Portland's coming off a big road win as it is. So um, yeah, I mean, you, you look at he... his. Uh, you know, you look at his game log, he's put together two double-digit games the past three, and one of those, they lost 3-0 at San Jose. He had 10 saves. Yeah, he, um, he always gets a save or two that you don't think uh, he should get, so he's, he's a pretty quality keeper overall. Yeah, decent value, I guess, if you're kind of playing into the Toronto attack being a little little weekend with Josie out of the mix. But, you know, goalkeeper's interesting this week, as always. You know how it is, man. Cheapest goalkeeper. It works every time, except for the times it doesn't. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, cool, man. Well, it's you know a pretty disappointing uh, slate from a prize pool standpoint, but there's a lot of interesting decisions to make, so it should be pretty fun to play from a gameplay point of view, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody out there in the contest. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can uh, help some people win some pennies out there and... Uh... <laughs> You know, maybe maybe the at least let's fill these things out and hopefully see uh, see them balloon again next week. Um, well, who knows? And, yeah, now that we've got you back with the uh, massive multi-entry uh, MLS soccer version, we we should see <laughs> them start to scatter. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I've got some I've got some uh, youth soccer games going. I, I coach my five year old's team, so that one's uh, mid morning, and then my uh, my other son has a game mid afternoon. So you know, it might, it might be one of those where uh, trying to squeeze a lineup in in between there and see what happens. But uh, we'll have the some fun with it regardless. The game needs you, Skyler. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna be in this week. I mean, it's not uh, last week. I was actually uh, driving round trip. Get this, I drove uh, four hours one way and four hours back up to Indianapolis for one single youth soccer game just a league game that's all it was it wasn't a tournament that's that's some dedication right there right that's 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 beautiful that's 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 father father of the year type stuff yeah i don't know if you'd be i don't know if you can win father of the year and coach of the year in the same year but you're certainly a candidate so 
going for it and try to win some of these pennies all the while playing uh, MLS DSS DraftKings. So, yeah, guys, good luck this week. Uh, if you guys have any questions, as always, um, you can reach out to me. I'm at DraftKicks on Twitter. Um, Daniel, I believe, is at B underscore. Is that right? Yes, sir. You got it. And uh, we're always available hanging out in the RotoWire Discord, which I believe is uh, just a, a perk of being a RotoWire subscriber. Yeah, Roto-Wire. just go to rotowire.com slash chat. There it is. So, uh, yeah, good luck this weekend, guys, and uh, see you next week. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.